Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Craig Mermel, the President and Chief Product Officer of Precision Neuroscience. How are you today, Craig? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. I'm excited to chat. We were, uh, I was fanning a little bit when we were, when we were talking because, uh, you know, this is pretty cool what you're working on. Very like futuristic stuff too, for those who, um, you know, maybe watch some of the it's not, but like sci-fi and stuff growing up, like the technology that you're you're building is pretty incredible. So let's let's just dive in with your background and then we'll talk about precision neuroscience. Great. Uh, glad to be here and excited to, to chat with you. Uh, so I'm a physician scientist by training. Uh, I have an MD and I did residency training in pathology and a PhD actually in genetics. But really, uh, my interest has always been at the intersection of sort of computational techniques and biology and healthcare. So I've, I've been fascinated with computers since I was a kid. And as I got into medicine, I've always been looking at where our advances in technologies enabling us to do new things in data that ultimately will have transformative impacts on healthcare. I've pursued that in a number of different ways over my career. Uh, during my training and graduate degree, I've, the hot uh, area was, was genomics. We just had sequenced the genome and had new technologies coming in that were allowing us to learn more and more uh, about complex diseases. So I specifically focused on cancer and trying to mine cancer genomic data sets to learn about you know the origins of the disease and potential new ways we could diagnose and treat it. And then about a decade ago, uh, I made the transition to working in technology. So I spent about four years working at Apple on uh, wearable technology and the ways in which we could take sort of pervasive sensors uh, and, and learn new insights to people's health. Uh, I spent four years at Google research working on uh, medical imaging and ways we can take massive amounts of imaging data and advances in computer vision, applying that to, to diagnosis. And since 2022, I've been uh, working here at Precision Neuroscience, uh, really in the same general theme as we'll talk about. Uh, we have new technology that's enabling us to extract data from the brain at unprecedented uh, resolution bandwidth and in, a, in, in increasingly more sophisticated ways. And we're trying to take that technology combined with uh, latest advances in software and machine learning to, to ultimately deliver transformative new therapies for patients with neurologic disease. And what what was it about precision neuroscience that made you want to you know move move on to this company? Um, I know the audience would love to hear that. Yeah, I mean, part of it is a personal story. So Ben Rappaport, who is our founder, chief science officer, and sort of the brains behind uh, Precision, he and I are uh, longtime friends. We were medical school classmates, uh, so we've known each other for close to twenty years now. Uh, when I met Ben back in uh, early 2000s and said, what are you going to be when you grow up? He said, I'm going to be, I'm going to become a neurosurgeon. I'm going to uh, get a PhD in electrical engineering and I'm going to work on brain computer interfaces uh, to which I responded. That's really cool. What's a brain computer interface. Uh, and we can chat a bit about that more for your audience who like me uh, may not know as much about what this technology is or what we're trying to do. Uh, ben has basically spent his career working uh, towards uh, the work we're now doing. Uh, he took a, Detour in 2016, he was one of the founding team members at Neuralink and then left Neuralink uh, after a few years to ultimately form Precision. Uh, so I was obviously keeping close tabs and watching what he was doing and trying to figure out how I could help. Uh, when I saw, you know, the team and the team that he'd been assembling, the approach we'd been taking and how quickly this technology was moving from sort of concept phase into animals and the potential to get into human patients uh, very rapidly, I said, this is, uh, this is both amazing technology has potential to do amazing good. 
and uh, you know it's always fun to join up with a friend and uh, and collaborator uh, work on working on hard problems with people you enjoy is is is, uh, is a great privilege. That's a really cool story. Uh, it, it's always good when you can have those relationships and you know they become these lifelong relationships and you can work together and when you can work with you know your friends on certain things when you know that are super important to you it can be a really fun time and sometimes you need to right like this this stuff gets hard you you definitely better like the people you're you're working with every day or it'll make it difficult to you know do big things and every startup is 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 its own journey but you're going to be spending you know almost as much time with the folks you're working with as you do with your family so uh it's it makes it a great uh, privilege when you can do it with people you like. And so Ben and I have that relationship and, uh, not to plug the company too much, but, you know, we've been able to attract a lot of people from who've worked together in the past from Neuralink, uh, from Apple and Google. So we have a great team of folks that all kind of know and like each other and are willing to, there's no greater, uh, endorsement than, uh, being willing to work with somebody again after you've worked with them, uh, once before. So absolutely something we take a lot of pride in. So, so tell us where the company's at today. Um, you know, the, the core, the core area of focus, I know you, you're doing a lot, but with the core focus, um, you know, where, where you spend most of your time every day with the company. And then I want you to also talk through this cool phrase you have in your site, right? The next, you know, basically, you know, you're building the next generation of like of neuroengineering. Talk us through what that looks like. Um, I, I'll let you, I'll let you go from here. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, as I said, we're trying to develop and commercialize uh, brain-computer interface technology. I know everyone, uh, on your listeners may not know what that is, so just take a second to explain that, and then I can tell you a bit about what we're trying to do at Precision. So a brain-computer interface at a very high level is a, is a medical device, the goal of which is to uh, create a direct communication pathway between the brain's electrical activity and the outside digital world. Um, fundamentally, that's it's a new type of communication technology. It can go out. So you can be trying to record brain signals and use that to control a computer or potentially reverse that. You could be trying to take information from sensors and, and put that information back in. Um, there's many reasons you might want to do this, but for us, we're squarely focused on um, the, the potential of this technology to impact you know, tens of millions of people in the United States and around the world who suffer from various types of debilitating neurologic uh, diseases and, and injuries. And at the risk of oversimplifying, there's obviously a lot of uh, differences among conditions like stroke or spinal cord injury or, or ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. But one way to think about it at a very high level is that these conditions all involve a sort of severing or disconnect between the brain's ability to think or sense and the ability to transmit or receive information from the outside world. And so the goal of a brain-computer interface in the medical context is really to try to provide, restore or repair that, that disconnection. And in so doing, hopefully return, uh, you know, function and independence to people who, who've, who've lost it. And just from a personal and, and medical level, there are, you know, we've made a ton of advances in our understanding of the brain, but for patients today who have any of these conditions, once you've had a permanent injury to your brain, there's really nothing that medical science has to offer that can help you get back uh, quality of life and independence. And, and we and others and a lot in the industry uh, believe that brain-computer interface sort of technology represents a clinical breakthrough in our ability to offer, you know, uh, function and hope back to, to, to millions of people, uh, you know, and everyone knows somebody who's, who's been affected by one of these conditions. So it's a really important, you know, medical and societal problem that this technology is uh, trying to address. And, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of different uh, areas that you, you hope, you know, you can get to the point where you're continuing to improve these, right? Um, 
these issues, which one do you think has the, I mean, obviously all of them have impact, but in, in your view, um, you know, where, where, which, which issues do you think you can, you would love to really impact the most based on what you've seen, like on the medical side, right? Like in, in your past experience. Sure. Sure. So, so I think there's a very simple answer to that, and it's not unique to Precision. There are several companies in the industry, all of whom are trying to advance brain-computer interface technology for clinical applications. And the, the most common sort of initial target for all of us is paralysis. Um, that's not a single disease, but paralysis could be from, say, a spinal cord injury. It could be from a stroke uh, in certain parts of the brain. It can also be from problems in, you know, your, your uh, peripheral nervous or muscular system, all of which ultimately impairs your ability to, uh, to move or communicate you know, with, with the outside world. And, and the reason that is such, isn't a common target is that while what we're talking about sounds like science fiction, it's actually been demonstrated for the last 20 years, right? There have been pioneering sort of clinical work that's been done to demonstrate that you can take uh, types of you know, sensors and technologies and place them into the brain tissue. And then through appropriate signal processing, electronics, and software, you can use that to drive, um, you know, control of devices like a prosthetic limb uh, or a computer cursor. Um, and, and so the, the possibility in, has really been about taking this technology that's been demonstrated now many times in different clinic, one-off clinical studies and really take that technology and make it available to not the the, the tens or dozens of patients who are eligible to be in one of these clinical trials, but to really the, the, the hundreds of thousands and millions of people who need, uh, you know, need help with, with paralysis. And, you know, where, where are the companies at today? You know, what's really exciting you in terms of what's next? What, what do the next steps look like? Yeah. So before I get into what's next, let me just tell you a little bit about precision, what precision is doing that's different from, from the other companies. So I said, everyone in, in sort of space is, is ultimately trying to build devices that do very similar things. Part of what makes precision different is um, we're focused on, you know, trying to uh, provide this very high degree of function for these devices, but to do so in a way that minimizes uh, the damage and, and harm to the patient. Um, that for us means two particular things. So we're developing interfaces that are non-damaging to the brain. Um, that is, is, a, is one unique aspect of the precision system. And two, that can be a inserted into the brain uh, in a minimally invasive way. So traditionally, just for some context, the way that these, these clinical studies I mentioned have been done is the patient will have a, a small hole made in their skull, a craniotomy, bone will be removed, and then electrodes will be actually inserted into the brain tissue itself. And there's nothing wrong with this approach. This has been quite, uh, you know, uh, illustrative and demonstrated that, that this is possible. But you can imagine that this has two sort of uh, hard uh, consequences for actual clinical practice. One is that it, in order to access more and more of the brain tissue, you have to remove more and more skull. So it becomes a much more invasive procedure. And also putting more electrodes into the brain causes more damage to the brain tissue. And we think those over time will limit the ability to scale those systems from what's currently today, you know, hundreds or thousands of channels of, of electrical activity to where we think this technology needs to go uh, which is, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, as many, any sort of technologies will tend to do. So that's why precision exists. Um, we've developed, you know, a novel system that um, is based on cortical surface array technology. So our, our electrode array sits on top of the brain where it does no damage. It can record 
you know, sort of the local chatter of neurons um, around the region we, we, we place it. And we've developed a novel uh, insertion method, a minimally invasive insertion method that lets us get these devices into the brain without, um, uh, you know, it's designed to get us into the brain without removing very much uh, uh, bone at all. And so where we're at and where, where we're really excited, we've actually are at a very exciting point. So we've done all this work, we've developed the system, we've tested it extensively in animals. And actually just earlier this month, we announced that we've already done our first three uh, human implants. So a major milestone for any technology company. Um, this is extremely important because it validates, you know, that the device itself and the approach we're taking is really safe and it can work, uh, you know, on the human brain um and you know sets us up well for the next the next phase of 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 work with we're we're, we're about to, to embark on so so with these these uh and congratulations by the way that's that's a huge milestone with with these uh human implants what are you what are you hoping to see like what is um you know when, as you're studying this what is i mean i know success can look you know a variety of ways right especially because you're you're still you know you're building this out what does what does that look like that you really want to see with these uh, human implants? Yeah. So for us, we're I mean just a little bit more about that study. So this was done in, in partnership with our collaborators at West Virginia University. Um, they're a very active uh, neurosurgical center, and their uh, real focus is on helping to translate novel technologies into clinical practice. So that made them a great partner for us. Just to give a little context, this was not, this was a temporary uh, procedure. So we we went into patients who were already undergoing a neurosurgical procedure. Um, in this case, the, the first three patients were all patients with brain tumors where the surgeon was going in to, to resect and treat that brain tumor. And as part of those surgeries, they were already using uh, electrical uh, tools to map uh, you know, the brain's activity where the surgeon was trying to operate in order to help the surgeon do a, a more safer uh, procedure. And so we got to come in for 15 minutes during these procedures, place our device on the brain and record electrical activity uh, in the same areas that they had been using, uh, you know, the, 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 the existing generation of clinical technology. So in terms of our goals, really, the first goal was to show that this could be done safely and that the patients would have no adverse events and that it was feasible for us to collect high resolution uh, neural data with our sort of next generation uh, device. Just to give a little bit of context on that, our device has in about a, to give your, you know, listeners sort of a sense, in about the space of your thumbnail, we have about a thousand, a thousand twenty-four electrodes. Um, so each are spaced at about 400 microns. So you're getting, and, and the existing technology might have one large electrical contact in that same uh, area. So it's sort of, imagine, you know, the difference between very low definition and very high definition uh, imagery. We're basically coming in and mapping the brain at a, at a, at a level of precision and, and resolution that hasn't been done or available in, in clinical practice. So the first patients are really a feasibility study and to start demonstrating that, you know, what, what types of new information we can glean. Down the road, we believe, you know, these devices will work their way into clinical practice, that as we demonstrate the safety and, and utility of these devices, they can be used for a whole host of diagnostic applications um, mapping seizures and epilepsy patients, um, you know, for similar uses, mapping brain areas for, for surgery. And for us, this is really walking down the line to eventually being able to take all this data and uh, make sense and meaning of it 
in order to drive uh, you know new function for for patients with with permanent you know permanent disability and injury. So we're really excited about this milestone. It's a small step, but um, one that sets us up to make you know to make rapid progress. And just for context, you know we we were founded about you know two years ago. So to go from a sort of first money into first human impact in two years for a technology that involves putting devices on people's brain is is very rapid progress and we're 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 obviously quite proud of of that timeline but also we think it validates um you know our approach which is really about delivering this technology in a safe uh, and clinically uh effective way hey, kudos to you and the team that's that's a, a ton of progress in two years and i think probably part of what helps with that is because you already had some relationships too right like that's i i think you know uh, the, the successful companies get this, right? When you're able to, not everyone, you need different people at a company too, right? That you haven't worked with. But when you're able to have a core group of people that you've you know, you've gone to work with and you've been able to do great things with in the past, that just allows for you to have so much more speed than you would uh, otherwise. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, that's part of it. Also, you know, the, the, the team and everyone in the company has has spent, you know, their careers working towards. So we like to say it took us, you know, it took us two years, but it took hundreds of years of collective experience to be able to, to do what we did in, in two years. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, and, and I think, you know, you need, you need a, you need a great team. You need great partners um, for all these things to come together. Ultimately, I think, you know, our focus is really on, uh, you know, we're a clinically focused company. We want to get this technology into the hands of uh, surgeons and ultimately into into the brains of patients that can benefit from it. So, um, you know, we've been very, very focused on uh, trying to develop a, a both development pathway and a path to market that enables us to to get feedback and to do good at each stage. And so um, we're, we're very excited and gratified to, to have gotten this far this quickly and, and to, you know, for what's what's ahead. I love it. Well, I'm excited to continue the conversation with you, Craig. Hopefully we can have you come back on in the future, give us an update on where things are at. And again, congratulations to you and the team for all the progress. Uh, it's, uh, you know, getting that, that progress and the, and those, um, you know, those data points is only going to help you to continue to have another good, you know, one, two years, and, and it'll be interesting to see what you do and even, you know, the next uh, couple months. Yeah, thank you. It's an exciting time for precision. It's an exciting time for the field. And I'd love to come back and tell you more as we make progress. 